1: And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Project Spurs new owner Jacob DeLeon. Jacob is the is the nephew of, of former Project Spurs owner Michael DeLeon, who you all know if you listen to Spurs Cast for multiple years. He unfortunately Mike passed away, but almost I think it's been about a year now uh, since he passed away. And so Jacob is a uh, Project Spurs owner, and he's actually be joining us here on, on for today's episode. In this episode, Jacob and I will discuss the Spurs in their last three games, some roster updates, and Devonte Graham's shooting since uh, joining the team. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. Jacob, Jacob, how you doing?
2: Doing good, man. It's pretty cool. I've always done like MMA podcasts and stuff, but, and I've never been on this one, but dude, I grew, grew up seeing my uncle, oh, we're going to go do this first cast. You know what I mean? So like whether I was like seeing it, dude, I've, I've seen it. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. First time.
1: Yeah, man. Welcome. You know, like I said, uh, yeah, like like this is this has definitely been something that your uncle started. And, you know, we've kept it going with, with Project Spurs. And so I'm really, I'm really honored to to, to keep it going uh, in your uncle's memory. All right. Unfortunately, um, Jacob, there's some, you know, the Spurs, this is this is not a good time. This is this is a, a very um you know, very uh difficult season for them. They're going through a through a revoting kind of year. So let's talk about how they've been doing the last uh, three games since the last recorded an episode about a week ago with Joe Garcia. Uh they, they've gone one and two since the last Spurs cast episode. And um, in their last three games, so let's first, let's go back to a while back. You and I were recording this on a, uh, what is this, like a Wednesday? It's today? No, Thursday. Okay, so it's a Thursday yeah. evening. Yeah, so so let's go back a week ago. On, on last Thursday, the Spurs were at home hosting the Indiana Pacers. They, they actually won this game. They won by 11. It was close until late in the third quarter. San Antonio kind of took over, and their top three players in this game were Devontae Graham, Zach Collins, and Jeremy Sohan. Then on Saturday, the Spurs, Houston Rockets, uh, after winning two games in a row, the Spurs, they lose by 12 in this one. It was close again throughout, but then in the in the fourth quarter, Houston kind of took over and kind of expanded their lead. Again, top three players for San Antonio here were Devontae Graham, Charles Bassey, and Zach Collins. Then on Sunday, the Spurs' most recent game, uh, they were at on the road at Houston, so the second out of back-to-back, and they just got blown out in this one. They lost by 32 points. Uh, you know, the Rockets really blew the game open three minutes into the third quarter and their top three players San Antonio were Malachi Branham, Devontae Graham and Keita bates jop Now, again, if we notice there, the player I kept mentioning a lot there, the, the one consistent player was Devontae Graham. We're going to talk about him later on in this episode. I really want to highlight how he's kind of been playing for the Spurs. But, you know, Jacob, the Spurs, according to Vegas, they were supposed to go 0-3 these last three games and they ended up going 1-2. and So they kind of surpassed expectations. What have been your thoughts on the Spurs these last three games?
2: Uh, real quick, as you say that, talking about the odds, man. I, Because I've been writing the previews and stuff, and I, I try to go over the odds and try to put a, you know what I mean, and the Spurs, they're, dude, in the past literally month, month and a half, it's been, dude, at, at minimum, three to one. Like, if it's under that, it's good odds, you know what I mean? But dude, if you take it back like two and a half months ago, three months ago, the odds weren't that bad. Like the Spurs would be like minus or plus 140, plus 130. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now they're coming into games at plus 400, plus 500. A- against the Rockets, they didn't. But, man, with all the the injuries and stuff, dude, it's been getting rough this uh, later half of the season. Even with the Jazz, man, the last time they played them was, I think, December, the end of December. It was the odds were almost even. Going into this one when they played the Jazz, it was like a 4-1. to one. You know what oh, I mean? I so they're definitely at a – with Vassell out and everything, dude, it's it's a it's a weird time. I know definitely with you, the Spurs have never been on a sixteen-game losing streak. You know what I mean? As as, <laughs> as you've been doing the show, but dude, there's a man. It's my first time on there, so I kind of want to ramble about a lot of the whole season.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean,
2: it is rough. And like as we were saying earlier, Devontae Graham. You know what I mean? He's is it good or bad that he's getting this much minutes, this much scoring, dude? If you're a young player in the NBA. Yes, it sucks losing, but dude, you could not ask for a better developmental. You're going to get the minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for and it sucks that Vassell got hurt cuz he missed all that that yeah. game time, but man, by the time he's it's his you know what I mean, once it killed and once it comes later in the year, dude, they had years starting against NBA NBA starters. You know what I mean? This is the best I I, I mean, it's it's weird seeing it, but dude, I think it's going to it's going to you know what I mean these players are going to be good whether they're still with the Spurs in a few few years or not like these young guys they're they're going to get good
1: yeah, and that's something Coach Pops talked about, how this is a year for, for them to just kind of grow and develop. And it, it may not be with San Antonio. It could be later on in, in their curse. He just wants to make sure that they have a good year for them, the players. And, and as we've seen, it's been good to see De- Vassell get back. And, and like like we've seen with the team, they're going to manage his minutes very, um, very, very carefully. They don't want him to get hurt again. So so we may not see him play in like multiple consecutive games. He may always right. get that second night off just because there's not, not that many games left. So let's kind of go through that, though, just kind of how the team's doing now, that, that 65 games are right now in the book. So offensively, they have slipped a little bit now. They're now 29th on offense, uh, defensively still dead last in the league, 30th net rating, still 30th overall record, 16 and 49. Again, Houston just continues to be the worst team in the West, so they they can never pass Houston. Um, I didn't notice this until I looked at the standings just today when I was prepping the notes. They are officially eliminated from the playoffs. When you look at the the little standings, um, icon on the on the screen it says e next to san Antonio and houston so both the Spurs and Rockets are officially eliminated from making the playoffs which of course we didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah
2: man, I thought that number would have been set weeks yeah. ago. Yeah
1: no no I, I hadn't been there since the last spurs game at least when I checked so it's it's officially there they, they can no longer make the playoffs not make the playing game at all. Uh, there are 17 games left in the season. They continue to have the third worst record in the league 14% which means 14% overall pick odds which is even with um which is you know even with with first mm-hmm. and but the, uh, the, the worst-case scenario is, is, is the part of that, where they can fall to seventh at the, as the worst-case scenario on, the, on draft night if they finish with the third-worst record. Uh, last time with Joe, um, it took me about one try to get the Spurs to the number one pick using Tankathon's draft simulator. Today it took me nine chances. So, again, that's just giving you uh, a preview of, like, there's no guarantee even if they have this bad record that they're going to get number the number one pick when, mm-hmm. when the uh, draft comes here uh, next month in April. Uh, what are your thoughts, just, Jacob, like you kind of wanted to say there just about the team, how they've been overall?
2: Yeah, man, it's um, – dude, Well, this last two games with Houston, like you said, you know what I mean, it's, they're battling for the bottom. And as with the draft, it doesn't. it's almost like it doesn't matter, you, you know what I mean, who's the bottom. It's not going to give you the the number one pick. So, like, there, there's nothing – they're not losing on purpose, you know what I mean? They're just yeah. – they're, they're a young team. They don't – they're – you know what I mean? When Trey Jones is out, they're a lot worse on the offensive end. Like, it's just it's, – it's a bush – you know what I mean? You can't point to one thing on the Spurs, and it's that. It's like it's it's so much things. You know what I mean? They're just a young squad, and it's just they're in the same boat as the Rockets and the Thunder. You know what I mean? It's just they're they're young, and it's not gonna uh, it's not gonna happen overnight. But I, I like what they're building, man. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, I know they have they they definitely have some foundational pieces. They're like you said, like like uh, you know, Vassell, Kelton Johnson. They got Malachi mm-hmm. Brandon, now, Sohan. A lot of um, Blake Wesley. Those those are like foundational pieces uh, for for the team. Um, so now, Jacob, there was some um some roster updates that you know it's very surprising to see these kind mm-hmm. of roster moves happening in March. Like I'm just not used to that for the Spurs, but they actually had some, some some movement on their on their team. So what's happening is uh on Friday, March 3rd, they did wave um Isaiah Roby, who's who had been injured, and also he, he hadn't really found a place in the rotation. You know, he got minutes here and there at mm-hmm. times, but he was never actually part of like the consistent rotation. And so what the team did was on, on Friday. They uh, claimed Sandro Mamu Kelishvili off waivers and converted his two-way contract into a full NBA deal. So that meant that they didn't have to uh, uh, waive uh, Julian Champagney and um, and Dominic Barlow, who are already on the two-way contracts for San Antonio. And so they used that open roster spot from Roby being waived to add Mamu. Um, I'm just going to call him Mamu. <laughs> it's easier to say yeah. his name that way. Anyway, so what his contract looks like is he's earning $357,000 for the remainder of the season just because there's about um, 17 games left. And then in this offseason, he will be an unrestricted free agent. So, again, that's kind of some roster movement that that they that they made, the Spurs. Uh, we have seen um, Sandro get some minutes here early on. He's already played in two games since joining the team, and he's he's gotten 17 total minutes. And really what we've seen, just because it's a small sample size, we've seen that he can be a, a spacing kind of big. He likes to shoot the three ball. He likes to space the floor uh, for the team. Uh, as far as where the roster stands overall, they still have a full roster with 15 NBA players, two players on two-way contracts. They have um $22.1 million in cap space this season up until June 30th, and um, right now they're about $9.7 million below the salary floor. So again, um, it's Maybe they'll waive some players and still sign some players. I, I don't think they will, but, you know, they can still make those kind of moves. But at the end of the year, um, if they don't fill that $9.7 million, um, uh, dollars, then then the players remaining on the team, they're going to get that money divided amongst themselves. So they're going to get a nice check there at the end of the year, especially if we're going, having to go through a rebuilding um, tough season mm-hmm. with all these losses this year. It's kind of nice, a nice reward if that ends up happening. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the team making these these uh, roster moves this this past week?
2: Man, honestly, I'm not too familiar with that that player or anything like that. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I mean, I, I can speak to the our two way contracts. You know what I mean? The the Blake Wesley, the Charles Bassey, and then the Dominic Barlow. I mean, I made my I made my way up there to Austin at least three, three or four times a season. Okay. And this was, and this is when they were both they all played on Austin. And dude, they were Barlow. Man, he jumps out the gym. Super athletic guy. I mean, the problem with him is he's just I think he's like six nine, right? He's uh, he, he. doesn't have that that big body, and that that's where Austin. You could tell once Bassey got moved up, I mean they were just down low. It, it's tough when you're you're big at six nine. You know what I mean? He's the biggest guy that you have, but man, those are two way players. They were doing really good in the G League, man. And even Blake Wesley, like I'm, I'm glad to see him getting minutes now. You know what I mean? Because he's he's doing good, man. And I, I like to see the. It, it was cool. Because I never really kept with the, with the G League and stuff. And then I'm, I'm uh, you know what I mean, going over all the articles. And I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? let's go make some games. And it's cool to see the roster changes and how they go back and forth from San Antonio to Austin. And then, you know what I mean, how, of course, Bassey's finishing the season. So it's cool to see, man. I like to see the there, – there's, there's no winning going on. So it's cool to see the minutes get spread and see, you know what I mean, everybody kind of get their get their shine
1: for sure and especially in the fact that like the Spurs aren't following the normal Spurs route of like you're a rookie mm-hmm. you get sent to Austin for most of the year and that's it like right now because of because of because because of a rebuilding team i mean we got to see Jeremy Sohan from day one start be a starter at the nba level we got to see Malachi Branham uh, he's getting a lot of minutes i looked at his numbers he's getting over 30 minutes now since the all-star break i mean he's just he's just um with all those injuries to the players he's kind of getting his shot and even Blake Wesley has now getting you know getting 15 yeah. minutes as a rookie is a lot for a Spurs player and, and so trying-
2: People out too. Cause like, exactly. I mean, I, I was a, he got, he ended up getting cut going somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, they didn't give him over 15, 20 minutes, but you know, they're bringing them up. They're giving them 10 minutes. Like they're, they're kind of trying to bring it, bring them up. And you know what I mean? They're, they're making an effort to kind of see where, where everybody's at, but.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I totally agree there. Um, they're just, you know, it's it's, it's definitely been been a more, more opportunity for everyone. And now, one of the players I really want to talk about who we really haven't discussed yet um, on, on the on the Spurs cast is uh, one of the, the new players they acquired via, via the trade deadline. That's Devontae Graham. You know, he's more of a veteran player for the team. And so now that he's played 10 games, I have noticed some things. And and again, um, you know, it, it's a positive, but also in, in a way for the young players development, I think it can be kind of like a negative, just the, the way that he, that the fact that he's getting a lot of minutes and things like that. So let's kind of talk about how Graham has been uh, playing with the Spurs. And these are numbers just since he got since he got traded to San Antonio. So uh, he's averaging 15.4 points um, as a spur on 12 shots. He's the third leading scorer. He, um, he's averaging 4.3 assists, which is second on the team only behind Trey Jones. Uh, he's, he's grabbing 2.6 rebounds. Don't really stick out too much. 1.6 fouls don't stick out too much. One turnover in 28 minutes uh, per game. So he's getting those minutes. He's getting 28 minutes a night since joining the team. You can tell Coach Pop just knows this guy's a veteran. He, he's someone that he can depend on, so he's putting him out on the floor each night. Uh as far as I was interested in seeing, you know, this is a very low, low volume, three point shooting team. And so I wanted to see what is the, what are the numbers look like before getting Graham and what do they look like after? And so we definitely see an uptick uh, before adding Devontae Graham. They were they were averaging 30.7 three point attempts per game, which is 27th again, bottom three. And then since they added him, they're now 18th. They're, they're averaging um, 32.6, about three more uh, three point attempts per game uh, with with Graham. And we definitely see that he's a player who takes a lot of threes uh, before we get to the big questions here about him. um, I kind of want to go through his shot profile because obviously, you know, it matches the eye test where you just know he, this is a guy that takes a lot of threes. Uh, out of his 116 shots, um, 74% of them have been from the three-point line. One thing I really noticed that he does that other Spurs players don't do is he likes to take those pull-up threes, those off-the-dribble threes. 55% of his attempts are pull-up threes, and he's actually a bit, uh, been efficient. He's averaging uh, 1.02 points per shot. Um, you know, they don't leave him open much, but when they do leave him open, he makes the defense pay. And as we've seen, since he's a smaller guard, he doesn't really get into the paint a lot. He doesn't. He barely takes his shots in there, 60% and he doesn't really waste his time on the mid-range shot. Um, So I guess my first big question for you, Jacob, is do you think having a veteran player like Graham can maybe influence the spurs as young players who are going to be here long-term like Vassell or Keldon Johnson, uh, Malachi Branham, to maybe start taking some of the threes that he does. Like I said, he takes 55% of his shots on pull-up threes. And just like the second spur in the rotation behind him, who takes that many, like, like close to that many, is, is Vassell at just 27%. So do you think he can have like an effect as far as like an impact on the older guy, on the younger
2: players? Yeah. Say? and it, it's, it's, it's a weird boat, man. Cause like, it's like, is he a role player or is he like taking over more than that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's and that's what you're saying earlier like it's kind of weird weird ground like he's not the number one scorer but he's the top he's been top three every game I mean the first game he came over I don't remember what he scored but I think he dropped over 30 right yeah and looking at his numbers there I mean the guy's a three-point shooter you know what I mean look how much threes he attempted and the paint what is it 19 shots 10 point mid-range you know it's it's by far the dude's gonna shoot a three-point shot and, I, I mean, yeah, as it comes to the other players on the Spurs roster, I'm not too sure, man, like, as far as development. But, I mean, I can say, like, we needed somebody with Josh Richardson leaving. You know what I mean? We needed somebody yeah. who could who could uh, fill that basket. But, man, as far as for the other players, I'm not too sure about that, man. But the Spurs definitely needed somebody who can shoot. You know what I mean? And that's why it, it's a weird question, man, because even Keldon Johnson – because Kellerman Johnson, he's probably not the number one option on another team. He's the number one option for the Spurs, yeah. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think man, that guy has a number two option. He's a great, you know what I mean? Super reliable. When he's the number one, I'm not I'm not too sure. But yeah, it's just, it's it's a weird ground, man, with Devontae Graham. Because it's like, they don't have that player they can go through. So these aren't the normal roles, almost, of a normal basketball team. You know what I mean? If that makes sense.
1: For that's sure, no, I, bad, I totally understand. Bad. Yeah, and my answer on that question about, you know, does he influence the younger players in taking more threes? I, I almost feel like I want to see what it looks like in the off season. Like do the play do the do they like Devin Vassell and and Kelden and Malachi, do they like do they are they like gonna work out them work out with him this this offseason and kind of pick his brain and see, you know, hey, you know, what what you know, can he can they pick up some of those off dribble threes from him? I, I don't know. If that's going to happen but again I think that's more so a question for the offseason and then the other question is uh, kind of going back to it to what we were saying about you know he's kind of even though he's playing well he has taken some minutes from the younger players and you know where's that balance there so I, I think in terms of that question that goes more so for Blake Wesley so so my question is you know should he get should should they limit Devontae's minutes to give Blake Wesley more more opportunity so what I noticed is that for the season Wesley's averaging about 15 minutes a night with San Antonio since the trade deadline, since basically Devontae joined the team, he's only averaging 18 minutes a night. So, again, it's just a three-minute bump. It's not really a, a significant. Whereas Malachi Branham, we see a huge increase. He went from 22 minutes for the season to now 30 minutes post-trade deadline. So so we see Branham's definitely getting his minutes. Now we know Trey Jones has been out. There's been a more opportunity. But I I, I wonder... Should the coaching staff maybe um, limit Trey Jones and and um, and Graham's minutes, uh, or or at least one of those players, so that Blake Wesley gets his gets his opportunity for, with these last seventeen games? What is your what are your thoughts there?
2: That's a good question, man. Because yeah, I'd like to see Blake Wesley get those minutes, and but I mean, if as long as he hits that eighteen, I don't think eighteen minutes is bad right now. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of experience for you know what I mean, a G League player yeah. coming off, and I mean Branham. Dude, that dude—he earned every every single thirty yes. minutes now. He's getting, you know what I mean? That February, I don't know what he was averaging, but I mean, the, the beginning of the season it was Kelden and uh, Vassell leading the charge. You know what I mean? Then it, it it was pretty much like that the whole first half. And then now it's like, if you look a month ago, it's Branham that's leading the charge with, and Keldon's kind of wishy-washy here in the lineup. You know what I mean? And he's been he's been the man. He's a scoring option. So it's uh, going back to the. Blake Wesley, I think he is getting the 18 minutes. I think that's that's fair in my eyes. I think okay. you know he's getting his experience, and uh, yeah, I mean Devontae Graham, if, if he can keep putting up numbers, and you know what I mean we're not gonna, we almost went on a three-game winning streak right there soon, but <laughs> and and if we do, and I would definitely think Devontae Graham, you know he's helping out with that spreading the minutes and spreading the spreading the ball around
1: yeah and i will say too you know because that, that that becomes worrisome for the for the for the fans that want the team to tank is like you know if Devontae starts having these games where he's making five seven three-pointers you know in in each game you know are, are, you don't want them to you know you don't want them to win too many games but then again they're not winning they're like two and eight since he joined the team so good it's not like a, it's not like you know him playing well is going to really help the team too too much um and, and i just uh, go ahead
2: well real quick too like a lot of it man maybe it is good with the younger guys because like I mean, thinking of any other sport, dude. Anything of just uh, executing in a game, it's mental. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So maybe getting and seeing pop, like well, like them saying, "Oh, hey, this guy's shot." You know what I mean. Ten three pointers, yeah. and, and he's, he, you know what I mean. Like, uh, and just his ability to be confident enough to, you know, maybe that will help their confidence. Like, hey, we're we got to, you know what I mean, just throw it up. You know what I mean. See where you're at. So I don't know, man. Maybe maybe it can be
1: yeah and then just the last thing I, I do want to say is that like yes they're giving him they're giving him more opportunity he's actually he's actually being productive with those minutes at Devontae graham so uh when we look at his contract he is uh he's he's making about 11.5 million this year next year he's on the books for 12.1 million and, and then in the following year he's he's, he's partially guaranteed 3 million out of 12.7 million in 24 25 and per profit x um uh dot ai one of the one of their one of their software models they have is kind of shows if, if a player's outperforming his contract and Devontae is he's playing like a player earning like 12.3 million i believe when I last check their, their numbers uh for, for considering he's making 11.5 so i think that by him shining in san antonio for, for at least next season or even this summer he's gonna at least keep his trade value pretty high if the spurs want to try to move him later on to it to, you know a playoff team or something like that uh in this offseason or even even next year so i think that you know it doesn't it doesn't make sense not to like not play him basically like he's he's been a productive player he's not just wasting opportunity out there he's giving you a chance to win and like i said i'm eager to see if maybe the young guys do learn something from him
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick, I'm curious. What do you think about next year? Because you said we had what 40 something million in cap for.
1: Yeah, I, I, when I last checked the numbers, it was like 40 plus. here, I'll pull it up real quick just to just to check real fast. Um, so Spurs, let me see here real quick. Yeah, just because I want to have the exact number. It used to be like 60 plus million, but then they they uh, when they made the, the Devontae Graham trade and a few yeah, others, yeah, they, 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 they impacted, impacted that a little bit. But I mean, like I've talked about before, there's really no reason to have all that cap space if you're a rebuilding team. So okay, I have right here 45.3 million. Which can get you a, which can uh, be able to offer, you can, you can offer a max free agent that money as long as that player doesn't have more than like 10 years of service in the league.
2: And I don't see us going that route. You see, I don't see, you know what I mean? We're not going to offer the max. I think we're going to, I mean, it's going to depend on the draft for one. Right. And that's kind of give us a big direction to see where we're going to go. But yeah, I don't think, can you see us in a year getting a, a max player like, like that? I
1: don't know. San Antonio is a tough, a tough draw right now for just because they're like a rebuilding situation. You know, they're one of those small market teams. Yada yada. If they get Wembenyama, then maybe like you know, a
0: veteran maybe, player. Right? That would well, be. That's enough. exactly
1: it, it, Like you said earlier, it just depends on who they who they draft. If they get Wembenyama, or even maybe Scoot Scoot Henderson and Scoot really shines, uh, you know, I I feel like for for a free agent, I feel like if the, if, they, if they see the Spurs have Wembenyama, then maybe maybe like that that's way more appealing. Whereas if they see Scoot, I think they kind of want to wait and. see. See what Scoot turns into now. If they get from from pick three on, I mean, I don't. I don't, again, I think that's just another rebuilding year, like we have this this mm-hmm. year. I don't. I don't see any of those players, um, you know, being like a, an yeah. impact player immediately, like like when Banyama's expected to be. So I mean, but that's a that's a tough thing, man. Is that like there's no guarantee they get Wembenyama or Scoot Anderson like that. I mean,
2: and that's basketball at the trade deadline in general, right? Like, who thought Devonte Graham would be playing for the Spurs?
1: yeah exactly no no for sure um yeah that's just kind of where it's at and definitely we're gonna get into that um you know all all the offseason stuff once once uh once um, the season ends, and I, I'm interested to see because I, I need to do some research. Where I think that once the Spurs' season's officially over after 17 games, there's like that time from like April to to um, June 30th when they can still make some roster moves. Because I've seen teams make um, trades before the, uh, the, the 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 basically like the financial year resets, which is June 30th, um, going yeah. into free agency. So I am eager to see if that happens. Maybe they, they try to use some of that cap space still for this season. Um, uh, but again, I, I'm not too sure if that would happen so um thank you to jacob for joining me here on this episode of the spurs cast i also want you to say thank you to joe garcia for for also mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day